evening. Give and it shall be given. A very familiar verse that we will refer to here in the beginning of the session. Luke 6.38 says this, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And this introduction asks us a question at the very start. And it asks us just kind of a point blank question. Do you consider yourself a giver or a taker? I love this time of the year because it brings back a lot of good memories growing up in a Christian home and having the opportunity to gather as family during uh, Christmas time, the upcoming Christmas time. And one of the traditions that we had growing up was we would all go over Christmas Eve and we would go to my grandmother's house. And so it would be, of course, my parents, my brother, myself, our other uncles and aunts and their children. And it was just, the atmosphere was just great. It was a wonderful setting. It was good to see everybody. And I remember as a child, I always look forward to that. Now, I don't know if I look forward to it for the right reasons, but I always look forward to it because we would walk into Grandma's house and there would be all sorts of, of, of food, you know, being prepped and ready for the meal. But we would get in there and we'd turn the corner and go in the living room. And there was this Christmas tree. And to me, as a young person back then, it seemed like a mountain of presents. And I remember myself, my brother at the time, and some of our cousins, we would, we would go in there and we would just look at the presents. Now, you know, we were this tall, and so it seemed like, and it, it was a lot of presents, but it would just seem like this mountain of presents around the tree. And uh, we would, we'd get in the house, and everybody'd get settled, and everything's going well, and we would get so aggravated. You ever get aggravated? Don't look at the person you're aggravated at right now. And we would get so aggravated because the adults, all they would do is eat, and talk. And we would run, literally, we'd, we would go back in the living room, make sure all the presents are there, like they're going to go somewhere, you know. And we'd come back, and as kids, you know, we'd kind of stand around at the table, <laughs> you know, you know when, when's opening present time going to happen, you know what I'm saying? And they would, seconds, anybody want dessert? They're sitting around the table eating, and the children were just... Oh my goodness, we just beside ourselves because we wanted to get to the present opening time. Now as a grown-up with our children and others who may join us, you know, at Christmas or whatnot, we 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 carry home that same tradition. We eat and we talk. We eat and we talk. Oh, you want to open presents? Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. An hour and a half later, you know. And so it was finally the time. The ultimate time when you heard the chairs scooting out from under the table and they weren't holding a plate in their hand to go back to the counter to get more food. And someone would say, well, 
I guess we better get, get on in there and start opening presents. I think they did this on purpose to us. And, the, and all the kids was Zoom. I mean, we were just right around the present line of the tree, just sitting around there. And they would come and, you know, how they do. Oh, here's one. Okay, let's watch Cousin Johnny open his. He can, Cousin Johnny can open his. Where's my presents? You know, one at a time. Okay, now let's watch little Susie. As she opens her, you know, and, and finally you'd get one. You remember that? If you, if you did it like we did, I don't know. And, and boy, we'd, we'd open, whoa, this is great. And that, from that point on, it was a time of receiving. And you know what? It was fun. It was great. Well, by the time we were done, there was Christmas wrapping paper everywhere, scattered all over the room. We, we had to... We had to sort through it to find our actual presence, you know. And we would kind of gather this and that. And we would be walking out of my grandma's house and headed out the door to the car. And literally, we would be carrying presents like this. Can I move around? And, 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 and oh, it was great. I remember one year, I got a Tonka truck. A metal Tonka truck. Not that plastic junk. Not that safe plot. I mean, we sucked on the metal. We were, you know, that lead fruit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm on, I'm on live stream, so I got to be careful. And, and by the way, uh, I told this story in my class about five or six years ago. A couple was out on a vacation. They saw a metal Tonka truck in a store. I don't know why they did this for me. They bought it for me, brought it into class. I still have it at the house. And by the way, I know what I got if I choose to sell it. Okay, so don't even know. Uh, anyway, walking out. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. I remember one year specifically, we were walking out of the house, and life is good. I have my presence in my hand, and that's all that matters. We were walking out, and my mom, my dad, my brother, and myself were walking out of the house, and my mom said something like this. She said, isn't this so much fun? And I was thinking, you better know it is. This is the greatest. I can't even hardly carry all this in one load. And she made this statement. She said, it is so much fun to give. I about dropped all my presents, you know. I'm like, what? Give? Now, I didn't say that. I was smart. And, but as a child... It was about getting, I'm not making, hey, let's have fun, let's give. My point was, my mom made that statement, and I still remember, that's been quite a few years ago, been a few Christmases ago. But she said this, she said, isn't it fun to give? The question asked us at the beginning of this lesson, this is not a preaching message, you know, but, you know, let the Lord prompt us as he does. But the question asked us, do you consider yourself a giver or a taker? In that era of my life, I was a taker. Now I do see the joy in giving, and it is a wonderful thing. We live in a taker world. You'll follow with me in the introduction here. Many people are out to get whatever they can from others. God's ways are different. He wants us to give, and he promises that he will bless us in return. Now, we're going to go through some points here about what givers realize So you fill in the blanks as we get to them, and I hope that this will help us tonight. Uh, We're doing great on time, and let's just get right in. Givers, number one, understand the character 
of God. Givers understand the character of God. God did not stop at giving us breath, but continues to furnish us with all things for the preservation of our physical and spiritual life. If you'll look at Psalm, you don't necessarily have to turn to all these. I'm going to give you a few different verses, but they will be on the screen. Psalm 84:11. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Understand the character of God. And givers understand that. They understand that God's nature is to give. Letter A, he gives salvation. Aren't you thankful for that? Do you remember the day when maybe you heard a gospel message or someone personally shared the gospel with you? It was at your door. It was in your bedroom with your parents. It was at your church service. You came to the altar. Whatever the testimony is, and testimonies are wonderful to hear. But you remember that day when you chose Jesus as your Savior. God, letter A, He gives salvation. We know this verse frontwards and backwards, but may it never grow old to us at all. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you remember that day when you chose Jesus as your Savior? He gives salvation. What else does He give? Letter B, He gives security. Now, there's several points here in this lesson. And because of, of course, the timing that we have to abide by, I'm going to move maybe a little quicker on some things than others. But he gives security. After he saves us, God seals us with the Holy Spirit who preserves us until the day of redemption. We see that in Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. We have security in our salvation. He gives security. Letter C, he gives sustenance. Fill that in if you will. With the life God has given us, he also supplies what we need to live. We see that Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's interesting to me in this verse Um, Sometimes we can read verses like this, and there's a lot of things that kind of slip by if we're not careful. But he's supplying our need according to whose riches? His riches. Not my riches, but his. He gives sustenance. So we're understanding the character of God. All of these in themselves could be a lesson. But he gives sustenance according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. May we always remember... That God, in His reciprocating of our giving, will uh, give back. And you know what? He's a bigger giver than I am. And He gives sustenance, and it's according to His riches. Letter D, He gives satisfaction. Fill that in, if you will, please. Our God-given desire for happiness is met through a relationship with Jesus Himself. Unlock the fleeting happiness this world offers. The satisfaction Christ gives remains. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He gives satisfaction. 
We see Psalm 1611, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The psalmist is saying, hey, he's going to show me the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy. His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It sounds like to me, folks, we can agree that we have a giving God. Would you agree with me on that tonight? And we see, we understand the character of God. Number two, givers obey the command of God. Givers obey the command of God. The word give in our text is a command. It is expressed in the present tense, making it a continual command. This means that giving ought to characterize our lives. We're talking about tonight being a giver, not a taker. Givers understand the character of God. Givers obey the command of God. As I got a little bit older growing up at home, my parents uh, started giving us, my brother and I, an allowance. And we would get two dollars a week. That sure beats some of that stuff Brother Mutchler used to get, 10 cents a week. Have you saved up enough money for the pony yet? That's what I want to know. You still saving? All right. <laughs> well, I got $2 a week. I can probably chip in a little bit and help you out. All right. Uh, $2 a week. But you know what they taught us? Of those $2, there were two dimes, so to speak, that went to God. They were teaching us the tithe, the command. They were teaching us at a young age that all of it belongs to God. See, givers understand this philosophy, and so they're not hoarding things in their life. They're not trying to keep with... They, they understand the, they understand the uh, character of God. We just talked about that. And they understand the importance of the obedience in giving. And so they're fine with that. When, when people actually... I had a couple years ago in our class... And we were teaching on finances and on giving. And by the way, if you teach a Sunday school class or you help some folks, don't be shy about teaching about giving. You're not telling them to give to you. You're teaching them to obey God. That's one of the best things you could ever do to another individual is to teach them to obey God in their finances. Okay, And so that's what my parents were doing with my brother and I at a young age, $2 a week. Two dimes, 20 cents, went to the Lord. By the way, I don't want to get too deep in this for sake of time, and there's other things to talk about, but it was the first two dimes. It wasn't like if we went to the candy store and had 20 cents left over after that. Oh, well, here, here's a token of my appreciation, Lord. It wasn't that. It was the first, the first fruits of all thine increase. Okay, And so I appreciate that. And we tried to work in the lives of our children when we were raising them, we gave them an allowance. They worked harder than what that amount of money <laughs> represented, but it wasn't really based on the work they did. I would, st- I would still owe them today if it was based on that. But we gave them an amount, and we did our best to try to teach them the importance. Okay, you've, you've increased $5. Okay, all right, how much of that goes to the Lord at least? Okay, 50 cents, okay? And so that command there. And so givers obey the command of God. Now, let me say this uh, before we get to point A 
And i got ten minutes. We're not just talking about giving to God here. We're talking about just being a giver. Do you know there are times when um, God prompts you to give someone something and you don't need it displayed on the big screen. You don't need an advertisement with your name on it telling what you did. You just kind of, Lord spoke to my heart and I want to, I want to, sometimes someone will even say, hey, will you take this 20 and go uh, give it to that lady over there? That lady right there. Will you, don't tell them who, you know, don't, don't tell them. Just, would you hand that? Okay, okay. You know, you've, you've heard of that. Why? Lord's prompting us to be a giver. So we're not just talking about, though we are talking about giving back to God through their tithes and offerings and whatnot. We are just talking about being a giver. Following the Lord's prompting. If He prompts us to give something, then do it. When my wife and I, uh, on, our, on our wedding day, after the wedding... We came back in and we dismissed uh, down the center aisle, row by row, and we're able to meet all the people. We didn't want to miss anyone. Shake hands. Thank you for coming. And, you know, it took some time, but, uh, and we get, and I think you understand what I'm saying, but we, this row, okay, and we go in the next, oh, I got about halfway back. A gentleman of whom I did not know reached out to shake my hand. Congratulations on your wedding. Well, I was, I was in a position to be congratulated. I was very happy. So I stuck my hand out, and we shook hands. We were shaking hands, and Brother Mutchler, I felt something in his hand. It felt like it might be of the paper substance. It felt like the, 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 the uh, size of of something folded up once, twice, okay, twice, okay? And we're shaking hands, and he said, congratulations, and I'm thinking, thank you very much. I did not know this man. He was at our wedding, shaking hands. I put my, I brought my hand back. I felt something in my hand. I put it in there. I, it could have been a gum wrapper that he just, you know, I don't know what it I felt like what I knew what it was. And uh, you know how it is when someone does that? What do you do? You're like, you know what I'm saying? You, you don't like go, oh, look. You kinda, you're, you're shaking hands with everybody. I wonder what that was he just put in my hand. You know, what in the world? And so you get a little break and you like pull it out. Oh, 50 bucks. We can do that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I did not know the man. But you know what? For some reason, he must have felt sorry for me. I don't know. You know that guy looks poor. Now, he was right about that. Uh, and for some reason, the Lord prompted him as a giver to obey the command of giving and give to a young couple who just said, I do, and the whole world was before them, okay? And he threw a, folded up a, a $50 bill and put it in my hand. Say, did you keep that as a souvenir? No. I spent it <laughs> right away. <laughs> Thank the Lord, right? You ever done that for someone? You have to tell me. You ever had someone do that for you? It's a wonderful thing. And God here is teaching us the importance. Givers obey the command of God. Letter A. I've got to move quickly. Obedience to God's command is, excuse me, to God's command to give is contingent on my love. Willingness to obey stems from a heart that flows with love. If we love God, we desire to keep His commandments to please Him. Thus, giving comes naturally when we do, when we do it out of love for God. John 14 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, everybody in the room, we love God. 
Nobody twisted our arm to come to church tonight, I hope. We love Him. We want to serve Him. We believe in, in, in giving. And so, because we love God, we listen to His voice. And we obey Him in our giving back to Him, but then also to others as He prompts us, or other needs as He prompts us. Number one, loving God changes who I am. Obedience to God's command to give is contingent on my love. We love God. I don't, I don't know. I, I know all of you in the room, and I don't know anyone who's a stingy, I don't want to do what God wants me to do person. Why? We love God. He saved us. We, don't, we, we get to spend eternity in heaven. If that was all that was ever done for us, thank you, Jesus. Okay? So what do we, what, what do we, why do we do what we do? Because we love God. That's why we do it. And see, loving God changes who I am. I'm not the same person I was. My love for God will turn my affections from myself to Him. See, I was born with this nature. I'm not sure if you were or not. Uh, I think we all were. But I was born with a selfish nature. Do you guys know anybody else in the room who was born with a selfish nature? If you do, elbow them in the side. No, I'm just kidding. We all were. But you see, when our love changes from ourself to God, it changes who I am. Loving God changes what I do. My love for God will make me want to keep His commandments because I want to please Him. I want to please the Lord. You want to please the Lord. Lord, what do we pray pretty much in the mornings and throughout the day? Lord, guide my path. Uh, give me discernment and wisdom in, in what I should do today. Well, involved in that discernment and wisdom about what we should do today is giving. Giving is not always monetary when it, becomes, when it comes to other people or even when it comes to the Lord. We give of our time. We give of our talent. We give of ourselves to others through encouragement and help. See, loving God changes what I do. My love for God will make me want to keep His commandments because I want to please God. We want to please Him. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Loving God changes why I do. When I give, I do it in expect, not in expectation of return, but because I want to demonstrate my love for God. We need to be careful in this area. Now, if I was teaching a lesson on being thankful, I would be telling people, hey, when someone does something for you, show gratitude and be thankful. But if we're teaching a lesson on giving, I'm going to teach give and don't expect anything else in return. Don't be the kind of person, our Savior's not, don't be the kind of person that says, well, <laughs> you know, if I give to them, then maybe they'll give something back to me and I'll benefit from that. And we can, and, and, you know, not necessarily us in this room, but we are, we, it is possible for us to have a mindset of kind of conniving. That's kind of a strong word, but kind of like, well, if I do this, then maybe they'll do that, and then this will be to my benefit, and I'll benefit in the long run. So I'm going to give. No, we give without any expectation in return. That is pure, clean, godly giving. God told me to do it, I'm going to do it. If you don't write me a thank you note, that's not why I did it. <laughs> if you don't ever say thank you, that's not, that's not why I did it. If you don't ever do anything back for me, that's not why I did it. I did it because God prompted me to give, case closed. And you know what? If we live that way, 
There's a joy inside of us. And you know what? God, um, uh, God likes to flow through conduits that are just free-flowing. There's no clogs. You know, there's no, there's no, well, what's in it for me? No, just, just flow through that person. They like to give. They like, they enjoy giving. They don't expect anything in return. It's a wonderful thing to see that. And I've got to move quickly. Number, uh, letter B, obedience to God's command is contingent on my look. Looking at life through an earthly lens limits our scope of vision to the temp, to the temporal where material treasures vanish with time. Looking at life through a heavenly lens uh, broadens our view to the vastness of eternity where treasures transcend time. Now, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, it's four verses and I don't have time to read it all. But I do want to pull out a phrase here that tells us this. Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. Set, you know what, your affections is the things that you love. And so the verse is telling us here, place uh, your love, what means something to you, on things that are eternal. Okay, place your love. Where do we place our affection in our life? Well, obedience to God's command is contingent on how I see that. Now, I'm not teaching against having things or purchasing things. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But our ultimate love is for God and His work. And we place our affection on things that matter in those areas. We see here, number three and lastly, givers trust the care of God. Giving is not only an act of obedience, it is also an expression of trust in God. The world finds their security in their finances. What does the Bible say is the root of all evil? Is it money? I asked that one time and someone said, money. And I said, no, it's not. It's the love of money. So that I can gain. So that I can increase. So that I can build bigger barns. So that I... And it's all about me. When you know what? In closing here, givers trust the care of God. The great song that we love to sing, God will take care of you. If we have that mindset, he's in control, I'm obeying him in my finances, I'm giving as he prompts me to do, and I believe with all my heart, God will take care of me. That's where the joy, joyous Christian living is. Not in the, not in the receiving, but in the giving. I'll never forget my mom's statement as we were walking out of the house. I didn't fully understand it back then, and it was kind of odd, honestly. But as we get older and we mature in Christ and just mature in life, isn't it fun to give? Amen. All right, well, we're done here with this session. We'll start up the next one here in about four or five minutes. And so you are dismissed. If you want to head to another room for another session, or if you want to remain in here for the next one that starts in about four, about four minutes. Thank you very much for coming tonight.